everybody. Welcome back to Faithful. My name is Emma. My name is Christina. And happy Easter. Yeah, happy Christian Easter. Uh, I think across the different variations in Christianity, I think everyone agrees that this is the beginning of the Easter season. Although I'm not 100% <laughs> sure about the Eastern Orthodox Church. Yeah, I, I don't I, know about that. I didn't Google that before we started recording. <laughs> That's fine. For most people, it's Easter, or at least it's yeah. going to be Easter. This is the episode you'll listen to closest to Easter. Mm-hmm. So so if you celebrate, happy Easter. And if you celebrate candy, happy candy. <laughs> Which is valid. <laughs> yeah, happy candy. Yeah, there's so much candy. I work at um, mm-hmm. Walmart now, and a huge portion of my job is, you know, like straightening up aisles and putting things back where they belong. Yeah. So yeah. much of it is Easter candy. It's oh, insane. <laughs> I, I believe it. Our friend Tanner loves mm-hmm. Cadbury eggs, like with a burning <laughs> passion. And sometimes I consider, like, what if I just went and got a pack of Cadbury eggs and, like, did, like, the summoning circle thing? Would they just, like, appear in my house? <laughs> Safe plane fare. Yeah. <laughs> I wish that worked. There's there's one key for everybody, and it'll automatically <laughs> teleport them to where you are. You just have to figure out what mm-hmm. it is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, think it, I think it'd be more of, like, a lure than, like, a summoning circle, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. And we're not here today to talk about our friends' candy consumptions. <laughs> no, no, no. We're here to talk about, as you probably saw, uh, the musical Jesus Christ Superstar. Yeah, and we did something a little bit different for this episode, which is, since Jesus Christ Superstar has been adapted a whole lot, mm-hmm. we watched two different versions of it. <laughs> Yeah, it'll be interesting. I've actually recently also watched a third version. I won't be able oh, to, Oh, like, really? That I think I will maybe be able to speak on a little bit of the, you know, bits and pieces I remember. It was the mm-hmm. um, John Legend version that aired on TV a few okay. months ago. Okay, so which one? Was was that the one that you, like, specifically watched for today? Or was that the one that you, no, just, like, watched? No, I watched an Italian, um... Oh, okay. So we're covering all three of them, then, that we researched and found. <laughs> okay, cool. Rad. That's great. So for this, my version of Jesus Christ Superstar, I watched the 1973 movie version. Because mm. I figured, like, for a lot of people, their touch points for Jesus Christ Superstar are probably... Either the 2018, like, live in concert with John Legend, or Mm -hmm. the 1973 movie. And not to spoil the episode, but I have a lot of thoughts about it. (laughs) Should we do any kind of, like, trigger warnings? Um, yes. Do you want to talk about which ones you had uh, across the one and a half versions that you watched? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, like, the main one I'm sure you'll mention in a second. Um, Mm -hmm. Suicide, for sure. Yes. Um, Like, abusive governments and torture. (laughs) And not that we'll, like, get into Mm -hmm. detail about it, but, like, Injury. Um, Mm -hmm. That's definitely major injury. Um, There's disparagement of sex workers. There, in the version that I watched, and which I will be uh, discussing as best as I can as a white woman, um, there's a lot of violence that could be seen as racial violence, as well as, Mm -hmm. like, 
racial stereotypes and like ethnic stereotypes they're not necessarily used tactfully mm-hmm. yeah i very interesting decision uh also probably major content warning for like police brutality and mm. uh just like g- general abuse by people in power and law enforcement absolutely yeah uh for your so just to like be clear about it um the one that uh the version that christina watched uh judas is cast yes. by a is is played by a uh black man yeah 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 um for for the cast of the 1973 movie um this is actually probably as good of a seg as we're ever gonna get um <laughs> the 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 cast of the movie that i had watched was the majority of actors who were pulled from various uh, Broadway and touring productions of Jesus Christ Superstar at the time. Mm-hmm. So uh, the actor who was playing Jesus uh, is Ted Neely, who is a blonde-haired white man. Mm-hmm. I'll let y'all sit with that for a minute. <laughs> um, uh, the, the character of Simon, uh, who is... The other Simon, if you are familiar with the Bible, there were two disciples uh, named Simon. One of them got renamed Peter, and who as who we know as Peter. And in Jesus Christ Superstar, they just call him Peter. And the other one is just plain <laughs> Simon. Um, Simon is Larry Marsh is played by Larry Marshall, who is also a black man. Uh, Judas is played by Carl Anderson, a black man, and mm-hmm. Mary Magdalene is played by um, Yvonne Elman. Elliman, I think is actually how her last name is spelled. Um, I think I've seen her identified as Hapa. Um, and she is of Japanese and Irish descent. And okay. the rest the rest of the cast is I'm gonna say probably two thirds white, with sure. you know, other people involved in there as well, but it is in general a majority white with two of the main supporting characters played by black people. Mm-hmm. And if you know the Bible, you kind of can guess how this is going to go. <laughs> mm-hmm. Doesn't end up super well for Judas in or, the end. Or Jesus. Sure. Or Jesus. That's fair. <laughs> Spoilers. Jesus dies at the end. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you're um, completely unfamiliar with uh, the story of Jesus Christ Superstar, star, just to like get you, you know. <laughs> Jesus Christ Superstore set in St. Louis, been... Missouri in a in they all wear blue vests. Jesus gets it's all crucified about... on pool noodles. Listen, and Jesus' disciples and like his followers are workers trying to unionize. <laughs> oh, that'd be a this good This is AU. something actually. That is actually something. <laughs> Um, no, uh, so what Jesus Christ Superstar, uh, follows mm-hmm. the story of, um, the Easter story, basically, which is what we're following, um, yeah. which is, uh, uh, you know, the story of how Jesus, uh, mm-hmm. was crucified. Yeah, the, the, the too long didn't read version, which we will be going into detail, is essentially, um, that Jesus Christ, his public ministry on earth came to an end in about 33 AD, I don't know what that works out to in CE, don't at me. Um, I'm not a science major. <laughs> uh, but uh, Jesus's ministry ended on Earth when he was put to death by uh, the... Essentially, 
the um the combined uh Jewish priesthood um as well as the uh as well as Pontius Pilate um uh, and in order for that to happen uh it was also prophesied by various Jewish uh prophets that the Messiah would come and would enter into Jerusalem and then would be crucified uh die and then be buried but rise again after 3 days and this is this is like 90% of that. Mm-hmm. It's it's Jesus going to Jerusalem, being betrayed by Judas Iscariot, handed over to Pilate, uh, tried, and then, uh, you know, going through the passion of being crucified and dying and stuff. Mm-hmm. But they yep. never get to the resurrected part. <laughs> mm-hmm. But the, um, the interesting thing is that... Uh, at least for the versions that I've watched. And I think mm-hmm. this is the point of Jesus Christ Superstar, but I'm not an expert. Um, is it's not, we're not following biblical times, Jesus or the disciples. They're not dressed in robes mm-hmm. and wearing sandals and stuff. They are modern young mm-hmm. people who are rising up against a, um, corrupt and abusive government. Yeah. Um, and that even like that basic premise is something that is, I would say radically different from the two versions that you watched, Emma. Um, Mm -hmm. In the 1973 movie, the premise of it was basically a bunch of hippies get on a bus and then they show up in the middle of the Israeli desert, put on costumes, and then just for whimsy, put on the entire play of Jesus Christ Superstar. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, so... And some of them are in more are in clothing and costumes that are more period accurate to biblical times, and some of them are in much more modernly adapted clothing. That's interesting. Lots of decisions were made. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that that um, the like adapting what the stories like. Mm-hmm timeline is and where it takes place mm-hmm. in history is like one of the big decisions that a director has to make when they are choosing to adapt oh, yeah. um, Jesus Christ Superstar. Oh yeah. And I'm like, sure that there's like a name for something like that but I don't know it. <laughs> I, I think it would like I think it'd be very interesting to think about like what adaptations could be done to like put Jesus mm-hmm. Christ Superstar in a new setting. Like, like you said Emma like Workers mm-hmm. unionizing against corporations, like that would be a really cool take on it. And like some, I, yeah. something that occurred to me during literally while I was getting ready for dinner was what if you like what if you said it in like the American South and mm-hmm. Jesus and all of the disciples were black people and made it even more specifically about overcoming uh systemic violence against black people right yeah i think there's definitely a nuanced way you could do that for Mm -hmm. sure um in the john legend version which i think is one of the most popular recent ones Mm -hmm. um it's uh i i'm pretty sure almost certain that it was like recorded and performed before all of the um summer black lives matter protests yeah Um, but it was because that would have been no, I think they probably would have recorded it in spring of 2018. Maybe like winter yes. or spring of 2018. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think, you know, the the summer protests are um, very, very similar to the like 
um, mm-hmm. imagery that the John Legend version um, tries to evoke. Mm-hmm. It's very like, you know, Jesus's followers are, you know, they're they're not like, they don't have like a Signs like communist anything. flags or anything like that, obviously. Yeah, but yeah. they're definitely like young rebels and the mm-hmm. government that they're fighting against is very like stereotypical, like evil corporation sort of mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And yeah, I think looking at how the story gets adapted over the years is probably mm-hmm. really interesting. Um, Real quick, yeah. we should talk about like kind of how how Jesus Christ Superstar came into being as a work. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have some notes on this. Um, so the and so Jesus Christ Superstar was created by Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber. Yes, he of Cats fame. Uh, and <laughs> Tim Rice, also known for, I think Tim Rice also did Aladdin, like, movie Aladdin. And I think he also did Beauty and the Beast with Howard Ashman. So, like, both have a lot of credit to their name. Uh, Andrew Lloyd Webber did the music. Tim Rice did, uh, he did the lyrics and the book for as much as there is a book. Um, because this is an Andrew Lloyd Webber property, uh, it is mostly a sung through musical, which means Mm -hmm. it's more, it's truthfully more, it's a rock opera. Mm -hmm. There is very little, if any, spoken dialogue because 98% 98% of it is sung. Mm-hmm. And can we talk for a second? The yeah. music is so good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I, definitely agree that it's good. I, Since I first watched Jesus Christ Superstar, I have I have maybe um, gotten a little bit more skeptical about Andrew Lloyd Webber. Like, okay, Fair is, this, <laughs> is this you being clever and using foreshadowing or callbacks? Or is it you simply reusing something because you were out of ideas <laughs> <laughs> and i uh, yeah so that that's my andrew lloyd weber salt um <laughs> but uh the when they were first working together um sir andrew lloyd weber and and uh tim rice first worked together to make uh a musical that some of you may be familiar with called joseph and the amazing technicolor dreamcoat Mm-hmm. We and, should talk about that too sometime. Yeah, we should. Um, but it, they had a lot of success with it, and they were like, "Hey, you know what? One Bible musical was successful. Let's go for round two. So they came up with Jesus Christ Superstar, and they'd initially concepted it as a musical, but they were not. Uh, they didn't think it had a chance on stage, so they changed it to specifically be like a concept album like a rock concept album instead. So that released in 1970. And then by 1971, it had made the jump to Broadway. Um, mm. Interestingly, before that Broadway jump, there were like seven or eight notable unauthorized productions of Jesus Christ Superstar, <laughs> <laughs> including in Kansas City and Missouri, which was weird for me to see. Yeah, you, right in the Bible Belt. And because you don't hear much about bootleg musical theater happening. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, it went to Broadway in 1971. Uh, and by 1973, that was when the film came out. Um, in the adaptation uh, of the film, of the stage two film, um, 
it was it was mostly a lot of like script changes, you know, rephrasing things so that it was clearer. Um, mm-hmm. They did some abridging of songs in order to fit like a few more new ones in. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I also mentioned that uh, a lot of the actors, I think actually most of the actors for the for the movie that I watched, the seventy three version, were ones that were pulled from touring productions and stage shows, which meant that they really didn't have any prior experience with film acting. So it, it can it can be a little bit rough sometimes, mm. but that's yeah. not necessarily <laughs> that's not necessarily their fault. It's not their fault that the people in charge said, "Oh, film acting is radically different from stage acting. Let's all get you trained up." Right. <laughs> they said, "Nope, we got a plane ticket for Israel. Let's go." <laughs> um, yeah. Do you have anything else that you want to talk about before we get into it? Um. I don't think so. I think we'll we'll ca- we'll catch everything else as we go through the story. Okay, sounds good. Um, in that case, then how did how did your version start, Emma? Um, it was uh the theater was dark and mm-hmm. uh the very iconic intro music started playing. It's oh, it, I was like. I forgot about how much I loved the music in in this. Uh, like not even like the songs, but like the gen- like the music behind it, and like those motifs that like come mm-hmm. back over and over. Like, mm-hmm. oh my god, I loved it so much. Oh yeah. Um, but it so um the it's dark and they keep kind of like flashing lights out in the audience. It's not really a strobe light; it's just like big spotlights randomly, and it's okay. lighting up the fact that there are people. Um, kind of running through the aisles of the auditorium okay. up on stage. So they're doing a cats. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and uh, so they all get up on stage, and these are like I'll call them like the rebels. Mm-hmm. Um, they are. Uh, I think they're running from the authority. They mm-hmm. for unspecified reasons. Um, and then so they're up on stage. They're trying to take care of each other. You know putting their arms out to block from, you know, whatever they were running from. And then the, mm-hmm. uh, the police or the guards or whoever come in and start like, you know, brutalizing them and, uh, mm-hmm. arresting them until yeah. Jesus comes out and scares them away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Resume. <laughs> <laughs> um, with, with, was that was kind of happening through, uh, like, the introduction music before heaven on our, on their minds yes yep. okay. Uh, okay so okay yeah i think um yep so up to that point in the 19 in the in the movie version i'm just gonna say the movie version it's easier than 1973 mm-hmm. um in the movie version up to that point uh that was when the bus full of hippies drove into the israeli desert um and they all just kind of like get off this bus as the uh as you know like the heaven on your mind licks play um mm-hmm. and they kind of like produce their costumes from the bus and they all get into character and they introduce Jesus by doing like a spirit circle where they all put their hands in and they're like wiggling their <laughs> fingers and then they all raise them up from the center and then Ted Neely Jesus stands up and like extends his arms and everything Mm-hmm. And then they all just kind of go filtered to be on their set, which is a lot of the set of this movie is kind of based around a the ruins of a building. 
and mm. they construct like like architectural scaffolding around one side of it. Yeah. Which is kind yeah, of, I think that that's kind a, of weird. I think that scaffolding is like a lot of like uh Jesus Christ Superstar uh, adaptations do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, where it's just kind of like a centerpiece that they kind of move around mm-hmm. um, instead of like fully changing the scenes every time, which is something a lot of musicals do, but mm-hmm. same here. So what did Heaven on Their Minds look like for you? Um, This is Judas's like introductory musical number, by the way. Right, yeah. Um, so, you know, the people are, you know, thanking Jesus for saving them from these, uh, you know, the, the guards and the police, um, Mm -hmm. and Judas comes out and, uh, sings his song, you know, and he's being kind of antagonistic for sure. And people are getting upset with him for, Mm -hmm. um, you know, like questioning Jesus and everything that the song is about. Um, mm-hmm. you know, uh, questioning his authority and, and all of that. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, Jesus just kind of, as he does for much of the movie, just kind of stands there watching people sing at him. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm sh- honestly, like, I'm sure that if I knew more about the, like, culture in Italy, especially at whatever time that this was recorded, mm-hmm. uh, like, some of their choices might have meant more to me. Um, That's fair. But, yeah, they just kind of, everyone's dressed in normal clothes, um, except uh, Judas has um, some kind of, like, it's not really, like, a turban, but, like, some kind of, like, scarf tied around his head, mm-hmm. which I don't think he has for the whole thing. Um, but, yeah, he kind of sticks out, honestly. He looks... It it almost looks like he's supposed to be dressed, um, like for biblical times. Uh, at Interesting. First. I don't think that that's. I don't know if that's a, um, me just not really understanding what's going on or, or uh, an active mm-hmm. choice. But yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, in the version of Heaven on Their Minds that I got to watch, I got to watch, um. Mm-hmm. Uh, Judas spent the musical number pretty much just kind of, like, pacing around, like, the rocky and sandy hills of Israel. (laughs) Um, (laughs) and just, it, like, it started off with this really odd, like, repeating zoom-in shot of, like, let's zoom in on Judas on a hillside, and then let's do it again, Mm -hmm. and then let's do it again, and then let's do it for a fourth (laughs) time, because it it happened so many times. And basically, he was... In while he was singing Heaven on Their Minds, um, it was intercut with Jesus specifically, like, being with the people, uh, being with the people mm-hmm. of Israel and, you know, like, listening to their problems, talking to them, teaching them, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And for for me, the transition to the next song was essentially, like, oh, hey, a whole bunch of Roman soldiers, um who in the movie (laughs) were wearing purple tank Mm -hmm. tops and army pants, (laughs) Uh, but also like bucket helmets. Um, They kind of, they just like walk their patrol over this cave where the disciples are hanging out and like Judas stumbles in at some point. It kind of then leads into the next musical number, which is I think called What's the Buzz, Um, Mm -hmm. which is basically- I I really like this one. Yeah, it's it's an interesting song, um, because it's basically like 
the disciples uh, and the followers of Jesus hanging out, uh, and they're trying to ask Jesus for details on, like, hey, what are you going to be doing next? Like, what's your ministry going Mm -hmm. to look like? How are you going to help us? What are we going to do? That kind of a thing. And right. in the in the movie, Jesus spends most of this musical number, uh, I'm assuming, preoccupied with the oncoming passion, uh, but mm-hmm. also just kind of brooding. Um, and while people are trying to ask him questions and stuff, uh, Mary Magdalene appears. Uh, well, she enters, really. And she, like, mm-hmm. takes care of Jesus, you know, like, cleaning his hands and his feet, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Judas stumbles in. Slut shames Mary Magdalene. Um, and I'd like to take this moment to do a brief aside about Mary Magdalene within the concept within the context of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> yeah, um, let's talk about that. <laughs> yeah. So, in in the New Testament, there are not the most number of named female characters or figures. Um, Mm -hmm. And because here's some more Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber salt, um, because Sir Andrew Lloyd Webber has to have a manic pixie dream girl for, to be in love with the hero, even though the hero is so (laughs) tortured. Um, uh, That role is filled by the, by the role of Mary Magdalene, who is kind of an amalgamation of Martha uh, who was a follower of Jesus, very practical, usually, um, usually like set in comparison to her sister, Mary, who is mm-hmm. uh, more traditionally faithful, I guess you would say. She's, mm-hmm. she is more, her priority is more devotion to Jesus and faith as opposed to like the ministry of the world, I guess you could say as Martha is. And sure. then and then there is also Mary Magdalene, who I have read some stuff that says that supports the idea that Mary Magdalene was actually like a woman who came who either came from or had money and was a supporter of Jesus, including in the financial sense. And oh, then sure. they added in a fourth character, which is one of one of the sex workers that Jesus ministered to during his actual ministry in the Bible. I know there's at least one, but of course Those she is all not combined named. into the the character of Mary Magdalene and Jesus yes. Christ Superstar. Yes. So th- this right. is very much so an adaptation of several characters mm-hmm. and should not be construed as actual Mary Magdalene herself. Yeah, yeah. Um, A lot of people had a huge, like the most criticism Mm -hmm. that came for Jesus Christ Superstar as it was first coming out, and I think probably as it continues to perform, Mm -hmm. uh, is how blasphemous uh, it is, and um, specifically in its treatment of Mary Magdalene. Mm -hmm. There was, I saw something really interesting last night, which is, there was actually an entire movie called Mary Magdalene about, like, her and her history. And I think that would be fun to watch at some point. Yeah, that does sound fun. I'll put it on the list. Um, <laughs> but, yeah. So, but, but Judas is like, oh, she's a sex worker, you shouldn't touch her. And the disciples are all like, excuse you, watch your mouth, sir. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Judas is like, they literally need one reason to arrest us. And Mary Magdalene could be that reason. And 
then mm. Jesus pulls the, if you are without sin, then you may cast the first stone on Judas, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> who, who gets upset and leaves. And then Jesus turns around and then accuses his followers of not truly supporting him. <laughs> yeah, he's very angsty at, uh, yeah. at this point in the musical, <laughs> mm -hmm. which is fair because his dad just told him that he's going to have to go uh, to Jerusalem and sacrifice himself for the good of humanity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, that's uh, understandably a difficult thing to come to terms with. Yeah, it's a bummer. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a bummer. And this is something that I really enjoy about Jesus Christ Superstar, like, as a concept mm -hmm. and in execution in a lot of senses, um, humanizing Jesus, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And and making his story feel more, like, you could relate mm -hmm. to him, you know? Which I think is something that just does not come across in most, like, contemporary mm -hmm. teachings of the Bible and of Jesus's story. Yeah. Because, you know, they stress, like, he came down as man and he, you know, felt all of our pain, but mm -hmm. then, you know, he died for us and went yeah. back to heaven. And there's just no, mm -hmm. like, you know, we say that he felt pain, but there's no, there's you never get into that. Yeah. And especially in the Catholic Church, uh, there's a lot of emphasis on Jesus's nature as truly, truly God and truly man. But they mm -hmm. make, and I, I hear a lot more about jesus and his divine nature as opposed to jesus who probably had a favorite food and you know right and probably was you know having to grapple with the like the with the free will that was granted to him as a human mm -hmm. while also having also knowing his divine purpose from birth <laughs> or from like i the, mean the moment that he was capable of cognizant thought as a human being <laughs> Yeah, I so, mean, like, like, three, you know, yeah, it's insane. <laughs> it's, mm -hmm. like, and I mean, the Bible, like, is very clear about how hard he struggled, too. Like, especially mm -hmm. at the end, you know, when he's, like, mm -hmm. in the garden and he's, um, mm -hmm. you know, crying and he's asking his disciples to be with him. But, you know, they fall asleep, mm -hmm. like, and he's alone. And he feels really, like, hurt mm -hmm. by that. And mm -hmm. he feels a lot of pain because he wanted to be with his friends in his last moments and they couldn't do it. You yeah. know? Like, it, that's a very human and real problem. <laughs> and it sucks. <laughs> mm -hmm. You know? That's, I feel like that's part of maybe the entire reason why, at least in Catholicism, we do a lot of venerating of, like, the passion of the Christ. Like, we mm -hmm. even have, or of, of the passion, we even have a whole, like, it's not like a ritual, but it's definitely like a rite. It's a thing we do called Stations of the Cross, which is essentially uh, like, yes. yeah, like walking through the various parts of the Passion. And we like, mm -hmm. there's usually like a prayer that you can say for each part of it. And there's like a, there's even usually like a little meditation that you can read about like, oh, like this is the part where Jesus is where the sweat was running into Jesus's eyes and a kind person stepped out from the crowd to clean his face for him. Mm -hmm. And that became mm -hmm. the Shroud of Turin. Right. Yeah. 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 We, yeah, we do that at my church as well. Um, oh, I nice. think my dad implemented that because he, he, you know, he's, he's Christian and like not a nominational or whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, but he, he's a big fan. <laughs> That's probably a weird way to say it, but he likes the, um, <laughs> rituals of Catholicism, you mm -hmm. know? Um, you know, mm -hmm. being really, like, purposeful and, like, 
repetitive even like with the way that you like encounter the <laughs> teachings of the bible and stuff i don't Thanks, know if i'm Mark. saying that in a weird way but <laughs> no it, it's it's flattering and i get where he's coming from mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah so you know the stations of the um the cross those, yeah <laughs> stations of the cross <laughs> those are uh you know one way that um people try and like empathize with jesus um mm-hmm. but i think it's you know art forms like this like acting and singing that really mm-hmm. give it a lot of humanity you oh, know yeah. that it's difficult for me to <laughs> take when i'm just looking at like a poster out in the woods or whatever <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe next time we talk about passion plays <laughs> <laughs> oh there we go um so what did what's the buzz look like in the stage musical that you watched yeah, I'm I'm kind of watching it quietly in the background just to remind myself um, <laughs> something that is like an uh, odd and like just dis- almost disappointing choice uh, for me mm-hmm. is that all of the like rebels, as I'll call them again, um, are just kind of dressed like young people. Like there's like they're just kind of wearing like short shorts or tank tops or, you know, they have tattoos or, or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, they're obviously like... Mm-hmm. You know, some of them are kind of, like, alternative to uh, normal society. Yeah. But, like, I don't know if they're trying to make any kind of, like, statement about this when that's – it's such a cruel way. Like, the and- – or the um, John Legend version really makes a statement mm-hmm. about who Jesus was and what side he would have been on, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which is a very complicated, like, topic, but – um. Yeah. The this Italian version like doesn't really seem to make any kind of statement like that. Mhm. For better or for worse. Mhm. Um but yeah, all of the uh followers just kind of like gyrate at him and they're like, you know, <laughs> what's the buzz? When are we going to to Jerusalem? Like we want to move on. We want to like keep doing this stuff with you cuz we really, you know, cuz we think you care cool. about you and what you do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um and I think that this is Mm-hmm. A point where um, it's supposed to kind of emphasize, like, the expectations that everybody has on Jesus as, you know, the Messiah or as this, like, savior who's going to fix everything for them, you know, um, mm-hmm. which is a-, a lot of pressure for a man to feel and also just kind of not what his purpose was. Um, oh, yeah. And Jesus knows that. And so every time they're like, they shower him with this praise and they're like, you're so amazing. You're awesome. We just want to follow you wherever you go. He gets angry because he can't live up to those expectations and he's not supposed to, mm-hmm. you know? Mm-hmm. He is God, but also he is man. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So yeah, it plays out pretty similarly and there's not anything super interesting visually. They just, you know, sing with him and then Judas interrupts and, uh, mm-hmm. slut shames uh, Mary Magdalene, who in this version was, like, stroking his hair and all, like, up in his business. Yeah. And uh, they're kind of, much like, off more... to the side doing that pretty much the whole time. Would you say that she is more, like, more physically affectionate slash intimate as opposed to it being, like, a gesture of, like, caretaking? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. It's definitely very... Um, like romantically charged okay. um, it'd be really difficult not to read it that way i think okay. it's supposed to be kind of like you know 
they're not really they're not dating each other. They care a lot about each other. Mm-hmm. Um but they might be <laughs> you know a little bit more than that. She's, yeah. she's different than other disciples to him. Something mm-hmm. like that, you know. Yeah. Yeah. They're um I think in the 73 movie, I would say that like they were definitely like Jesus and Mary Magdalene were definitely portrayed as close but i don't know Mm -hmm. if it was quite to the point of like we definitely have romantic tension going on or sexual tension for that matter like yeah there was definitely affection but i don't know if it crossed to the point of like tension you know right yeah yeah i what i remember from the um uh john legend version Mm -hmm. uh is that it's again very like romantically charged yeah um and at the very least that Mary has feelings for Jesus if Jesus can't reciprocate them. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the the vibes that I get from both of these versions. Yeah. Yeah, that that seems about accurate to what I remember from the from the concert version. Mhm. Sorry, I was going through and finding a visual reference for the for the next number or the next scene really. Right. Um so after this um is a scene with the with the chief priests of the Sanhedrin. Um mm-hmm. so at the time the the ruling body of the Jewish faith in Jerusalem. Uh and they have they, they essentially debate what to do about Jesus. It's they have they have a song, I think. Um and yes. es- essentially they decide that Jesus must be put to death because even mm-hmm. if he is, even if the, the things that he are preaching, the things that he was preaching were not necessarily, like, treasonous, the fact that he was garnering a lot of public support and a lot of public mm-hmm. demonstrations from people mm-hmm. was very concerning to the Sanhedrin. Uh, mm-hmm. And so they decide that they, uh, they decide that Jesus must be put to death. And there were two yeah. uh, interesting choices with this. Um, with the way that the priests were uh, costumed for this. Mm-hmm. Um, the first of which is one that I'm going to send to you, Emma. Okay. Um, which is that the chief priests and the scribes are wearing black hats that make them look like glass onions. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's a lot of very, very silly hats. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> that yeah, that's what this is. It, it looks like you took one of those like popcorn poppers, uh, popped it up, and then spray painted it black and put it on their heads. <laughs> um, but the other thing is something that I noticed that was a really neat touch, which is like if you look in that picture, you can see that they're all kind of wearing like weird like breastplate harness things. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is actually like. Those are, I think, those are intended to be reproductions or at least homages to the breastplate mm-hmm. of Aaron. Oh, so like for context here, um, Aaron was the brother of Moses. You know, the one who, uh, the one who got adopted into the Prince of Egypt family and uh, was rescued from the slaughter of the firstborn sons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Aaron was his brother, and Aaron became the the chief priest to the Israelites after they were able to leave the slavery of Egypt. 
and Aaron had as a particular symbol of his priesthood a breastplate on which were 12 gemstones for each of the 12 mm-hmm. tribes of Israel. Oh, and yeah, I'm pretty that sure like. that those breastplates that the chief priests are wearing in the movie version is supposed to like be a representation of that, which is a really... Which is honestly like a costuming decision that I did not expect them to have made or to have put that much thought into. But good for them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the uh, antagonists of the version that I watched mm-hmm. look quite different. I can get you a screenshot of them right now. Nice. Um, they are dressed in all black. Mm-hmm. They um. They're wearing very heavy, like, eyeliner um, mm-hmm. and long coats and a dress. Um, and they just look very uh, evil, for sure. Okay. Very, like, Death Eater kind of a sense? Yes, exactly. Yes. Okay. Honestly, she kind of looks like Bellatrix <gasps> yeah, Lestrange. Yeah, that does look sure. like Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> Bellatrix Lestrange. <laughs> That's a name I haven't had to say um, in a long time. <laughs> yeah, I also almost tripped over it. <laughs> Unfamiliar to my tongue. Um, but, uh, yeah, so there's not a lot um, to say about this scene on my point of view. Mm-hmm. But in my research, uh, I believe these people being, like, the main antagonists of this movie mm-hmm. was another point of criticism, specifically from the Jewish community. Yeah, because this is... You probably also saw the same thing that I did about how there is actually a big controversy slash resentment over the whole Jewish deicide thing. The what? The, so, for context, this is something that I saw on Wikipedia last night. Did not do any other research into primary sources, but apparently it has been a tradition. It has been a very, very like historically common criticism of the Jewish faith to blame them for Jesus's death. Ah, like, yes. like you killed God. And so now we must hate you, which mm-hmm. I don't think is necessarily fair, especially because of some stuff that we'll get into closer to the end of the discussion here. Right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Catholic but yes. learned that yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's 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 pretty rough. Um, they're definitely painted. It's you know the the morality of this is pretty black and white for the majority of it. Um, and really? painting these Jewish yeah pre- these Jewish leaders in that light, mm-hmm. you know, especially when it first came out in the seventies, um, like Jewish people were really afraid that this was going to kick up anti-Semitism again in, like, a whole new wave. People would see this and, like, you know, remember all of that, like, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh, crappy stuff um, that people used to believe about it. Yeah, so... That some people um, still do, which we do, which we absolutely condemn. Absolutely Yeah, of course. Of course. Don't do it. It's terrible. Yeah. Just, it's just really important. I know that um, mm-hmm. Jesus Christ Superstar is heavily criticized because of some, mm-hmm. like, anti-Semitic undertones, so we gotta really, like, I was important Quash. to mention that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Which is incredible, which is, yeah, it is definitely worth discussing. What's um, next? I think we gotta start speeding through this, because we're, like, 15 minutes into <laughs> Yeah. Um, Everything's Alright was the next musical number, I think. Which is mm-hmm. essentially kind of like a lullaby, 
um, that Mary and the other female disciples uh, kind of like <sighs> they kind of play the mother roles and help mm-hmm. get everyone you know like like settled down ready for bed that kind of a thing oh, and, yeah I honestly hate this scene <laughs> and, like I, I don't object to the I don't object to the caretaking but I object to the fact that it is exclusively the women performing this role I mm-hmm. realize that that's probably along the lines of how it would have gone in biblical times, but that doesn't mean I have to like that. <laughs> right, yeah, for sure. Um, yeah. During this scene, Judas Iscariot, uh, he, like, Mary Magdalene is, like, massaging, like, cleaning oil into Jesus' hands and feet, which is, I think, something that, like, I think there's the parable. There's the parable about like a sex worker like buying like perfumed oil and like cleaning Jesus's feet with her hands and hair, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's. I think that Mary Magdalene's doing that is that part of the amalgamation showing up. Um, mm-hmm. But Judas is like, this literally costs so much money. We could have been feeding poor people with this. And Jesus is like, she's trying to help me right now, and there's always going to be poor people. It sucks, but, like, what are you going to do? And I'm going to die in, like, two days, Judas. Let me have this one thing. (laughs) Yeah, 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 for sure. And, yeah. I think Judas storms out again. Yep. Yeah, that's about what happens in mine as well. It's Mm -hmm. very caressing Jesus and kind of feeling him up a little bit. Mm -hmm. Um, And Jesus is certainly not complaining about it. (laughs) Yeah. In in the yeah. movie version, it was it was definitely less caressing and more so like cl- like cleaning, you know, like like let me do this thing for you, that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Also, um, I would like to give a particular shout out to Carl Anderson who played Judas's acting during the scene because mm-hmm. during the part where Jesus is singing like "You'll be lost, you'll be so lost when I'm gone." Like, he's, mm-hmm. like, looking Judas directly in the eyes when he's saying this, and Judas is like, oh no, something bad <laughs> is gonna happen. And they're, like, doing, like, the like the brotherly hand clasp things, where you, like, mm-hmm. grab each other's forearms, and then they, like, slip away as Jesus holds his long note on Gone. And it's like, that's mm-hmm. good acting. We love to see it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah. Next musical number. This is Hosanna. I think I like this one too. Hosanna is a good song. Yeah, we get back to um the uh antagonists mm-hmm. plotting to um you know how are they going to kill Jesus? Mm-hmm. And then they're like, we have to crush the entire not only Jesus but also the entire Christian fellowship because <laughs> we are so insecure in our leadership that we cannot stand anyone. And my note here is that this is kind of overlaid with the Sanhedrin, or I'm I'm going to call them the Council of Priests, so I'm not necessarily referencing an actual body of uh, Jewish religious figures. Yeah, um, yeah. But the, the, the Council of Priests, um, they're like, in the movie, they're just kind of ominously lurking on the scaffolding as Jesus <laughs> and his disciples, like, enter Jerusalem. My note here is, Mm -hmm. Jesus and his disciples enter Jerusalem on Donkey Ollie. (laughs) What? Do you remember Donkey Ollie? (laughs) 
I do. Of course I remember Donkey Alley. I couldn't forget. Uh, <laughs> and there is, like, it's an interesting, like, contradiction in the movie because it alternates between the council singing, He is dangerous! And then, like, a heavy chorus, and, like, like the heavenly chorus is singing, like, Jesus Christ, superstar. Just, like, overlaying I, I in the background. Mm -hmm. um, but then we get, like, Hosanna, which is really fun. So, in the film version, Hosanna is essentially a parade of, like, it's when Jesus and his followers joyfully enter into Jerusalem. They're all waving palm branches, and Caiaphas, the high the the high priest, speaks directly to Jesus, telling him like, "You'd like essentially, y'all need to shut up and go home, um, because everyone because you're wrong for trying to worship Jesus and God and the Christ in the same breath." And mm -hmm. Jesus had a line which I really love, which is like. Why waste your breath moaning at the crowd? Nothing can be done to stop the shouting. If every tongue was still, mm -hmm. the noise would still continue. The rocks and stones themselves would start to sing. And then... Yeah, I love that. And then Jesus takes up his own Hosanna refrain. Um, and, like, they always have... They have, like, a phrase that changes between, like, each repetition of the refrain. Mm -hmm. And it goes, like... Hey, hey, JC, like, won't you smile at me? You're all right by me. But then it becomes, won't you fight for me? And then in the in the film, he is like, he ends the musical number, like, sitting on an outcrop with, you know, like, yay, palm branches and yay, there's a small child that's hugging me. And then they're singing like, won't you die for me? And he's like, oh, no. <laughs> Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So a lot of those similar vibes here. Um, mm -hmm. So what happens, so we transition um, pretty smoothly from this, like, big, you know, antagonist number mm -hmm. to um, a, a shot to the audience again, where um, all of the rebels are coming through the, um, they're parading through the aisles with scarves that they're kind of, like, um, you know, waving around in the air. Okay, okay. Um. And so they come up and, uh, you know, push the, not push, but, you know, they, they um, with their whole presence and move the um, antagonists back further on stage. Interesting. And, okay. Um, yeah. And so they, you know, succeed in, you know, pushing them to the background a little bit. Jesus mm -hmm. starts preaching to them about how, mm -hmm. you know, the nothing could stop this, the rocks and... and uh, plant, you know, everything would start singing mm -hmm, if mm -hmm. they stopped. Um, so they, they're waving these, uh, scarves. It's really happy. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mary Magdalene leads him up the scaffolding a little bit, uh, to push the, um, antagonists even further back. Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and then, you know, they're all raising their scarves up in the air, all pointed towards Jesus. And again, you know, they're asking, you know, Smile for me, fight for me, die for me. Mm -hmm. And it ends on a very somber note where he is, you know, he was smiling and super happy while he was preaching and now he's mm -hmm. down again. Yeah. And Mary notices and starts caressing him again. We can't go through two scenes without her caressing him. <sighs> <laughs> uh, and it looked like she was about to um, 
console him until everybody starts getting really excited. They're like, oh my god, look at that, he's coming, oh my god, look, look. Mm-hmm. They're so excited, and it's like, well, who's coming? I don't know. <laughs> so, do you want to talk about how how the stage musical handled Simon's Zelotes? Or do you want to hear how the film did it? <laughs> I would love to hear how the film did it. Okay, it's Buckwild. Um, <laughs> they... It, it cuts, the in the film, it cuts from the ending of Won't You Die For Me, Jesus? Oh no. To, like, a ruined, like, a ruined palace, or a ruined building, like, outline foundation, you know? With, like, a whole bunch of pillars and stuff around it. And dancers and bell-bottoms materialize in the middle of the space, <laughs> and Jesus is standing on, like, kind of like a, like a dais or a plinth in the center of it. And they all just kind of like dance at him. It's it's a very like it's a very fervent dance. Like mm-hmm. like think about what everyone has seen of like like dances of religious fervor. Like think about mm-hmm. like revivalism and yeah. like like tent revivals that kind of a thing. Like like snake like snake dancers. That that's the kind yeah. of that that is the degree of fervor with which these followers of Jesus were dancing, and mm-hmm. they keep singing. You know, like Christ, you know I love you. Did you see that I waved? Like I believe in you and God, so tell me that I'm saved. Then they just keep asking. Mm-hmm. They just keep like, I believe in you, Jesus. Jesus, please tell me that I'm going to heaven. And mm-hmm. during this whole musical number. Judas is in the background just going like, this is not being chill. I thought we said we were going to be chill. (laughs) (laughs) And it's interesting because like the people, like there's also some Roman guards in the background. And as Mm -hmm. the musical number gets more and more intense, they like, they're like, I'm going to step closer, you know? Mm -hmm, And this mm -hmm. is also the part where I said, boy, howdy, having a white man as Jesus and Simon and Judas as brown people is not a good look. Because this musical number is led by Simon Zelotes, um, who is played by a black man. And Mm -hmm. there's a lot of parts of this number where uh, Simon is, like, grimacing into the camera. And it's a very, like, it's it's just, it's not a good look in 2021, the year of our Lord. Mm -hmm. And uh, the musical number ends with Simon uh, pleading for Jesus to make... Uh, his his to like to transform his followers from a spiritual and religious like revolution into a political revolution by turning mm-hmm. them towards hatred of Rome, and then Jesus kind of denies this in a song called "Poor Jerusalem," where it's basically, mm-hmm. "You don't understand me," and then to conquer death, you only have to die, and to under to undercut how much they don't understand him. When Jesus says to conquer death, you only have to die. Simon and, and all of the zealots just like do like the dog head tilt. Like, Whoa? I don't get it. <laughs> Which again, yeah, I, not a great look coming coming from no. a, from a mixed ensemble. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. The, in in this version, I would have to do a little bit of research on the like ethnicity of the um man who plays Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um. But he's definitely at least not like 
obviously white, blonde hair, blue eyes, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. Yeah. He's got very long, dark hair, um, mm-hmm. and, like, a beard. More classically, you know, mm-hmm. what it might actually look like. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a difference uh, in the um, Italian version is that um, Simon is played by a woman. Interesting. Um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's got some definitely some different vibes then. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't think that they're bad ones. I think mm-hmm. it looks like Simon is very excited and a leader within this group, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Leading these excited people to Jesus and say, you know, obviously, mm-hmm. um, in this verse, and she mm-hmm. uh, encouraged them that, like, Jesus mm-hmm. was the answer, you know, to their you know, political problems. A very um, charismatic group of people. Yes, for sure. For sure. Um, so, yeah, it's... <laughs> nothing uh, crazy happens like uh, teleporting bell-bottom um, <laughs> jeans and <laughs> dancers. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, it, it ends with Jesus standing in the middle of the stage and all of the zealots... Um, literally on their knees bowing to him like in a circle mm-hmm. with the um antagonist in the back and Judas off to the side standing. Mhm. Yeah. Then he sings his sad song. Mhm. And uh Simon looks uh confused a little bit um embarrassed maybe. Mhm. Interesting. Mhm. Um after the ze- after the scene with the zealots, um, it then cuts to Pilate's dream, which is Pontius Pilate, the the Roman appointed judge, um, and official. Uh, in the in the film, it's just kind of him monologuing about this dream that he had to a bunch of guards people that are his like, I guess his royal guard and stuff, and mm-hmm. it's a little bit odd because John because pilot in the film version looks a little bit like john oliver (laughs) um and he essentially describes this dream that he had um he met a haunted looking galilean who he asked questions but the man didn't respond an angry crowd appeared it fell on the man and then they all disappeared and then he saw millions of people crying out for the disappeared uh innocent man's fate and blaming pilot um interestingly enough Apparently in the actual Bible, uh, Pilate's wife was the one who had the dream and not Pilate himself, so thanks, Andy oh. Dubs. <laughs> thanks for taking another woman out of Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> but, yeah. but, but basically, it's setting up like, hey, I have a bad feeling about this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in um, the Italian version... Um, the way it's staged mm-hmm. is Jesus is, um, you know, he's kind of a part of the set at this point where, you know, there's light is shining on him and he's obviously there, but he's just kind of standing still. He's not really present in this scene mm-hmm. with Pilate. Um, and Pilate is lounging on the stairs of this scaffolding piece that they have. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of having a soliloquy about, um, his dream, mm-hmm. uh, and then it fades out and yeah. comes back to uh, Judas, I think. Oh, okay. Uh, in my is it Judas? I'm... In my version, this is um, the part where it went to the temple. The musical number at the temple. Oh, yeah. I think that's what this is, too. It was. It's dark, and I couldn't tell who this person joining the stage was. Yeah. 
Okay, so it transitions, you know, fade to black, come back up, and a bunch of the um, mm-hmm. zealots and rebels have um, come onto the stage and they're hanging signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, that's an interesting thing. I didn't notice the first time. Yeah, what watching. happened? There's like a person pulling um, a couple of girls by like collars or something around their necks. Uh oh. Obviously, slavery. Sex workers. Or sex workers. Yeah. Or both. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, it looks very, everything's pretty, like, uh, gross here. I mean, um, there's, uh, they're, they're selling things like jewels and there's sex workers everywhere and they're just defiling the temple, obviously. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of smoke everywhere just to kind of, like, Mm -hmm. emphasize that, you know, the vision of what the temple is supposed to be and and everything is a little bit unclear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The, uh, in the film version of the temple scene, it's very anachronistic because mm-hmm. they literally had, like, everything that you that you could sell is there. So there's, like, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of sex workers, like, you know, doing, like, sexy dances at the camera as it, like, goes around mm-hmm. showing stuff at the temple. But there's also, like, someone holding a chicken. Someone walks by with mm-hmm. a CRT TV on their shoulder. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's heavy yeah. that's insane actually i'm assuming they probably gutted it um sure but it's the same thing jesus walks in sees what's up and then starts flipping tables you know like shoving over like the shelves of glassware that kind of a thing mm-hmm. and as he and is like they pan through stuff like there was a scene where it was like oh people are advert like people are selling like weapons and specifically like machine guns here Wow. Mm-hmm. Um this was filmed in the middle this was filmed in Israel in 1973, 1972. <laughs> um but then like when Jesus is like my house should be a house of prayer but you have made it a den of thieves. This is the part where Jesus beats a gun with another gun. <laughs> like he <laughs> awesome. he literally took a rifle and like swung it into I think it was like a machine gun or something and like he hit a gun with another gun. <laughs> which was just like that was just a funny phrase that i liked and like here's a fun bit of trivia apparently like with how intricately they had this like temple bazaar scene set up they only Mm -hmm. could do one take of it because ted neely who played jesus so thoroughly wrecked it after the one take that they did that they couldn't do another (laughs) one oh my gosh that's hilarious actually yeah like ted neely was playing jesus and jesus said break everything and ted neely <laughs> said yes sir <laughs> uh one more and thing i want to know at, about at, oh, no, at, the, at the very jesus. end like judas once again <laughs> appears in the background making it another what are you doing face mm-hmm. and jesus is like oh my how my temple has become a den of thieves but at least now I have cleansed it and it can be restored, restored to its former state. And Judas mm-hmm. is like, subtlety doesn't exist. <laughs> what were you going to say? Uh, I just wanted to note that one of the like uh, set pieces for the um, you know defiled temple um, that sticks around uh, for the next couple music mill numbers is this um, sign that just kind of has spray painted on it. It just says sex, which I think is very funny. <laughs> It's just there for the next, like, two songs. I mean, go off, Italy. <laughs> um, 
the the next scene was another thing that was kind of unintentionally funny um mm-hmm. because directly following the, the the flipping tables at the temple scene um Jesus wandered into the wastes um to specifically to like you know like meditate on how much time he has left in his life mm-hmm. and then uh in an uncanny bit of foreshadowing um Jesus is walking around this kind of like rock canyon waste and then the Jawa, I mean the leper colony, uh, mm. kind of like start to rise up out of the rocks, and mm-hmm. they they move towards Jesus seeking healing because, like, in ancient times, if you had literally any mark on your body that could not be easily cured, um, regardless of whether or not it was actually leprosy or not, you were cast out of the city. And made to live on your own because I did not want anyone else to get that disease. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then Jesus reaches towards all of these lepers trying to heal them. But they're popping up out of the rocks like daisies. <laughs> and and Jesus, there are so many that Jesus cannot heal them all. Um, and to the point where he eventually just like screams, leave me alone. And also, wow. this is a literal white savior moment. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that, it's... Yep. Mm. So how'd they handle it in the stage musical? So in the stage musical, I guess I didn't realize that um, he'd actually, like, changed scenes or was supposed to be, like, in a different place. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's no cut or transition, really, from the temple. Um, mm-hmm. So basically it says, the temple, he, you know, yells at everybody to get out, it gets, it gets cleaned up. And he talks about how, like, you know, they don't understand, but at least I fixed it. Mm-hmm. Um and then um, the lepers uh, kind of appear out of the scaffolding and they start crawling towards him like zombies. Um, Oof. And eventually <laughs> they um, surround him and, you know, they're asking him for prayer and, and healing and mm-hmm. all of that mm-hmm. um, until he gets overwhelmed and yells. Um, and then they all break away and Mary Magdalene is behind him. Uh, and lays him down on this pillow mm-hmm. that she had and starts stroking his face again. Mm-hmm. And uh, she sings her lullaby again until he falls asleep. Mm-hmm. 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 That's a good saying. And then what's the next musical number? I don't know how long of a scene it's going to be. <laughs> uh, this is Mary's singing a song. I don't know which. I don't know the names. Uh, of the I don't know how to love him. Yes. Yep. I'd... Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the this this musical number that is next is I don't know how to love him, which is basically Mary Magdalene singing to herself as Jesus is asleep, and she's expressing how she loves him, specifically in a non-platonic manner, mm-hmm. um, in a romantic and/or sexual manner, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. but doesn't know how to express it or to convince him of her affections or to get him to return her affections mm-hmm. uh and it's that it's basically it if if you've if you've done musical theater or if you've ever listened to people auditioning for stuff in musical theater except for on glee because they don't believe in jesus on glee um they <laughs> probably you have probably heard someone sing i don't know how to love him for an audition piece yeah it's a Makes very sense. traditional Time-honored mezzo-soprano solo. Mm-hmm. Um, was it pretty much that way in the stage musical? Anything different? 
yeah, she just kind of, you know, sings her song, um, Maxine Poetic. It ends um, with her leaning over him, giving him a kiss mm-hmm. while he's sleeping. Um, That's sweet. And then Judas comes out and pretty much attacks her, I guess. Um, yeah. Getting her off of Jesus, um, which wakes Jesus up and they are angry with each other. Mm-hmm. Almost look like Jesus almost looks sad about it. Yeah. Uh, which makes sense. Um, uh, Mary looks a little bit embarrassed and upset. Mm-hmm. This voiceless standoff where Jesus, um, who had Mary's shawl um, wrapped around him as he slept, um, mm-hmm. holds it like he and Judas are standing, um, you know, feet away from each other staring each other down Mm -hmm. jesus holds out mary's shawl and just drops it in the middle of them um mary kind of scrambles up to grab the shawl and her pillow and run off uh and then judas runs away and and jesus exits the stage okay (laughs) that's a that's a thing Mm -hmm. um Anyway, we've finally gotten to the, the this is finally like the act one finisher in the stage musical. There's not like mm-hmm. a break in the film, but I was like, this is the part where I can get up and get myself a drink break. Yes. <laughs> um, in, in the, that kind of then like leads into the next, into like the next pair of musical numbers, which is Damned for All Time, Blood Money, um, mm-hmm. which in the film version starts with Judas just kind of like, Kind of like a slob squat, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, just, like, in the middle of the desert. Like, he's just, you know, like, like sitting low, like, arms on his knees, that kind of a thing. And he's just sitting mm-hmm. there, and then five tanks roll over a sand dune. <laughs> in, in what I'm guessing is supposed to be another display of, like, the Roman power, but also it was Israel in 1972. Um, <laughs> then Judas flees... To the background accompaniment of tripping flutes. And then he goes <laughs> directly to the priests, where Judas begs them for... He, he like, he begs them to do something about Jesus, but also demands that... He also asks that he not be blamed for whatever happens to Jesus. And then essentially mm-hmm. the, the council of priests say ask Judas to... We're just going to arrest Jesus, and we want you to tell us mm-hmm. where he's going to be. And and they're like, okay, we're going to pay you for this information that we're going to give you. And if you want to, you can donate it. We promise it's not blood money, LOL. <laughs> in the context of blood money, as in, like, money that you specifically get for causing someone's death. Mm-hmm. Typically regarded as cursed money. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then Judas, like, you know, says, like, come to the Garden of Gethsemane on Thursday night. And this is, and at this point, there is, like, the heavenly chorus comes back again to sing, Good old Judas, bravo Judas. And, like, there's a part where it's, like, Judas seems like he can hear the heavenly choir. 
But then it hard cuts to Judas just running in the desert, being strafed by two actual fighter jets, which was unscripted and was actually the Israeli military doing drills, and they just <gasps> left in. <laughs> that's that's insane. It's so weird. Wow. So how did they wow, handle wow. it when they weren't actively part of a military drill in the stage show? <laughs> um. So we open up on Judas. Uh, kind. Of, it looks like he's kind of like outside of the um, antagonist's like headquarters. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um. He's singing about you know his problems with Jesus and how he needs to do something about it. Mm-hmm. And they take notice and come and kind of surround him a little bit and kind of nudge him into their circle and yeah. closer and closer. Yeah. Um, until, you know, he's like, we need to do something about Jesus. Just don't blame me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, they, he, you know, in his like, passion about this problem and about jesus he you know falls to his knees into the ground mm-hmm. um which is it's kind of interesting because they don't lay a hand on him but he you know kind of does that to himself mm-hmm. um and they intimidate him into it okay um, okay yeah and so it's all very stationary not anything as insane as um tanks or fighter <laughs> jets, fighter jets. <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, but yeah, they just toss him his bag of coins. Mm-hmm. And, uh, let him kind of figure out what he's gonna do after that. Mm-hmm. And in the stage musical, that's the act one closer. So, if it- mm-hmm. Listeners at home, this is a good point where if you want to stop and stand up and do a stretch, <laughs> get a drink of water- you know, that kind of a thing. This is a good point for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Then we get to come back to, I'm assuming in the stage musical, it comes back after back after intermission um, to The Last Supper. Mm-hmm. In the film, there's no break. Um, but it's The Last Supper. Basically, you know, they all come to Jesus in the garden and, because in the film it's literally just set in a garden or, like, an arbor, that kind of a thing. And... Jesus washes their hands, like, communally, and mm-hmm. all the disciples are like, I'm so, I made such a good decision to join up with Jesus, people are gonna remember my name after I'm dead. So, you know, like, <laughs> not the right reasons, kind of a thing. Right. And there's specifically a part where, like, at the beginning of the actual, like, the actual supper, they have, like, this nice long tablecloth, like, spread out on the grass, and they all real quick scramble into the traditional Last Supper pose. And I'm like, <laughs> okay, we get it, because, like, then they hold that shot for a couple of seconds. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then Jesus, Jesus administers the bread and the wine um, with the lines, For all you care, this wine could be my blood. For all you care, this bread could be my body. But then he, when they're kind of, like, looking perplexed at this, he says, This is my blood you drink. This is my body you eat. If you remember me, when you eat and drink. So basically, like, Mm. we would have to do a whole episode on the transubstantiation. But basically, Mm -hmm. this is the institution of, like, the Eucharist. Like, the consuming of bread and wine or grape juice or wafer mm-hmm. um 
in the context of participating in the supper or like ritualistically you know like you are what you eat you are becoming the body of christ by taking these into yourself that kind of a thing longer episode to come in the future (laughs) um (laughs) yeah and in the film version this still somehow disappoints jesus um and so then he just uh, lays it out all on the table and says, Peter, you are going to deny me three times. And one of you, I'm not saying who, is going to betray me. <laughs> and then Judas is like, okay, we all know who you're talking about. And everyone else is like, I'm just getting drunk. I don't know about you, Judas. And <laughs> Judas runs off and he makes it most of the way out before Jesus comes back to give him his cloak. And then Judas, in the film version, sings some versions of soup, some bars from Superstar, and then runs off among a herd of sheep, and Jesus cries. <laughs> <laughs> so how'd it go in the stage show? Did they also so the did t- they also do a Last Supper tableau? <laughs> yes, they absolutely did. Oh, good. Um, yeah, they they hold it for a few seconds uh, mm-hmm. until they transition into the next song. Um, or the next, yeah, whatever, mm-hmm. where Jesus is handing out the bread and the juice. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, everyone, you know, came in and they were like hugging each other. It very much looked mm-hmm. like, you know, like a small group is getting together for the first time in a few weeks. Um, yeah. You know, that kind of vibe. Um, yeah. Me and, Jesus immediately <laughs> me and the boys the after the pandemic's over. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Let's put that on the um, But yeah, Jesus kills the mood talking about how the um, dinner is his blood and body. And they're all just kind of eating it sadly. And then he blows up and yells at them and says, Peter, you're going to deny me three times. And he's like, what? I would never do that. And then um, mm-hmm. he and uh, Judas um, uh, have their yell at each other out. a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm not exactly sure the symbolism of this, but um, Judas... Uh, is not wearing um, his, like, scarf on his head or his um, coat, which had been very, like, um, mm-hmm. you know, that's how you kind of know that he's the one on screen. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He's taken all of that off. Um, okay. He's just wearing a t-shirt and jeans now. Um, and, uh, yeah, it just goes into uh, their yelling match. Mm-hmm. Everybody's very scared and sad and hugging each other and it's it's a it's a bad uh it's a bad time bad thing it's a bad time yeah um until you know judas um like grasps onto jesus's face and shoulders and like um eventually is like kneeling in front of him hugging him by like the um waist mm-hmm. crying into eh. Crying, I think he's fake crying into <laughs> Jesus's stomach, um, which he then backs away and ex- exits the stage. Mm-hmm. Okay. Do you want to talk about uh, Gethsemane, or or do you want me to talk about it first? You go ahead. Okay. Um. So in the film, um. Gethsemane, this is the part where, like, the Passion of the Christ, like, truly begins. Um, Mm -hmm. Because this is the part where Jesus turns to the disciples and asks if any of them are willing to stay awake um, and, like, keep watch while he prays throughout the night. 
Mm-hmm. Um, but then by this point in the film, all of them are asleep, uh, including Peter, John, and James. So mm-hmm. Jesus goes to pray by himself. Um, notably, I remember that in at least one of the gospel readings, at least one of the disciples tries to stay awake through most of the night, but then every time that Jesus comes back to check on them, they've accidentally fallen asleep. So they try mm-hmm. in the in the original canon, but not much so in the musical. Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Um, in the film, Jesus wanders into a large rocky outcrop where he, you know, asks, like, God, take away this cup of poison from me. Like, don't let this be the end of my life. Um, and he says something to the effect of, tried for three years, seems like 30. Could you have asked as much from any other man? And mm-hmm. he continues to yell at God. And there's a part where um, Jesus in the film yell, like, he says, can you show me now that I would not be killed in vain? And at this point, Emma, at this mm-hmm. point, the director said, sure. And then into the film <laughs> inserted a bunch of pictures, like crops of paintings of the crucifixion and the passion that have been made and literally just put in like 10 to 20 different like slides of including some of them that were very anti-semitic in their portrayal of the passion and the crucifixion um and then in the context of the canon jesus seems to see this and he essentially like he accepts his fate that he is going to have to die and i think he says something along the lines of like like take me now before i change my mind which Mm -hmm. is it's it's a very like if you're someone who has not necessarily come from a religion or even a faith standpoint where jesus is allowed to be sullen this is probably going to be pretty shocking to you but he was who he was not happy to be to have to go to his death like a lamb at the slaughter. Yeah. Hey, yeah. like a lamb at the slaughter. Wow. <laughs> yeah, yeah. In the stage version, um, it's really just Jesus like standing in the middle of the stage as the rest of, you know, the disciples and everybody are sleeping mm-hmm. on the scaffolding. Um, but the real, yeah, this scene is so, like, I definitely cried the first time I watched this. Mm-hmm. Um in the John Legend version, Mm -hmm. where he's just, you know, he's, like, begging for his life, Mm -hmm. you know? And you know how Mm -hmm. it's going to end, and you know that he's going to have to come to terms with it, and that he does. Mm -hmm. But he's so, like, he goes between, like, anger and, like, grief, like, He goes through all of the stages of grief on himself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and I just remembered, if if anyone listening to this um, follows Lindsay Ellis... I know some people do and some people don't, but I think it was last Easter she made like a supercut because there's a portion during Gethsemane where Jesus is like, why should I die? And then he hits a really <laughs> long high note on why. And I think mm-hmm. I think there was a supercut made of different Jesuses doing the why because <laughs> apparently in the score... It's written as, like, a very freeform, like, hey, here's the notes that you gotta hit, just ad-lib the rest of it. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, so it's a, it's a whole bunch of very different takes. That is Not really bad, interesting. Not bad, but just interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I think, 
Yeah, I think it makes this scene that much more, like, emotionally impactful, you know? Mm-hmm. To let the actor who's playing Jesus really, mm-hmm. like, embody that emotion and let that, like, carry the, you know, way that he sings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, after that, Jesus returns to the garden, and in the film version, he just kind of, like, goes back to stand in the garden, and he stands out with his arms in, like, the Christ the Redeemer pose as he faces the rising sun. <laughs> and that's the point at which, like, he was, I think he was probably, like, standing in contemplation, and then Judas showed up behind him and, like, kissed him on the cheek. And we got the whole, mm-hmm. you know, Judas, must you betray me with a kiss kind of that that whole line and mm-hmm. judas looks aghast the disciples who were drunk wake up surrounded by like pitchfork spear weapons from the romans um they try to fight back but jesus tells them there's nothing that you can do why are you obsessed with fighting stick to fishing from now on which like ooh, i actually really like that one. <laughs> it's which is an interesting callback because i think i remember it like at the great commission or maybe it was when, like, Jesus was individually recruiting the disciples. He said something to the effect of, like, come with me and I will make you fishers of men. Mm-hmm. So it's not quite a condemnation. It's more of, like, a, you need to remember your true purpose, your commissioned purpose. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. In in this, I just want to say, I'm, mm-hmm. the stage version is continuing to play. Yeah. Uh, and, uh... Judas really no homo is that kiss. I'm gonna tell you. <laughs> it's so like can't you can't just like caress his face a little bit with it. Come on. Mm-hmm. It's yeah the driest kiss I've ever seen. <laughs> I don't know. You haven't watched Glee yet. <laughs> I watch I watch it every time Vigil's on your podcast. So two times. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. The the next scene is essentially Jesus entering Jerusalem, and as he gets marched in in the film version, it's just kind of, it's odd because it's just a whole bunch of, like, Roman citizens who, like, they kind of, like, dart in and around the guard, like, the guards that are marching Jesus in, and they they act like they're holding microphones, like reporters are, you know, like... Mm-hmm. Like, hey, what do you think, Christ? Why is it? Why is this happening? How? Like, what did you think was going to happen next? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. But like, they're just holding their hands like they have microphones because they're still in mostly biblical attire. <laughs> um, <laughs> That's pretty funny. It, it's it's like it's an odd choice. Um, they take mm-hmm. they can they take him to Caiaphas. Caiaphas asks Jesus if he's a king. Jesus says, "That is what you say that I am." And Caiaphas is like, I don't like your answer. You're going to go see Pilate. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we have a, there's also like a very short scene of Peter's denial where it's basically Jesus denies that he is a Christian to people three separate times. And then Mary Magdalene is like, Peter, you literally did the thing that Jesus said that you were going to do. And Peter's like, but I had to. <laughs> um how'd that go in the stage show um pretty similar like i'm not looking i'm not seeing too much um that's 
popping out at me mm-hmm. visually here. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, instead of, like, you know, reporters or whatever, it's, um, more, uh, cast members who are dressed in that, like, kind of all black, definitely supposed to be, um, indicative of, like, being on the antagonist side, mm-hmm. um, that are just kind of, uh, dancing, uh, intimidatingly <laughs> around him. Yeah. As they lead him, uh, into Jerusalem, into the, um, the trial. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the next musical number is Pilate in Christ, which is where Jesus gets escorted to, uh, Pontius Pilate, um, mm-hmm. who is in the film portrayed in a more kind of, like, effete manner, you know? Mm. Like, not stereotypically masculine. Sure. Um... And Pilate asked Jesus, like, are you king, king of the Jews? And Jesus says, your words, not mine. And then Pilate, <laughs> Pilate condescends to Jesus. Um, his wife is clearly, visu- clearly visibly concerned. Um, but Pilate says, you're from Galilee. I am not, uh, I'm not responsible for you, so you're going to have to go talk to Herod. Mm. And the... The way, and then, like, they sing a quick reprise of Hosanna as Jesus gets marched over to Herod. And Mm -hmm. the way they set this up in the musical, in, like, in the film, is very, Mm -hmm. it's very jarring. Because up to this point, except for, like, the Roman guards in tank tops and, like, cargo pants, um, Mm -hmm. everyone has generally been in, like, biblical or biblical-adjacent 70s clothing. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, but King Herod's song, it is very, it is very, like, effeminate. Mm -hmm. It's, like, it's, it's a very, like, traditional kind of, like, vaudevillian style of musical number. Mm -hmm. Where, you know, it's essentially, like, King Herod saying, like, oh, hey, if you're Jesus and you can do miracles, then do one for me right now. Oh, you won't do one on camera? Then uh, if you won't play with me, then I'm sending you back to Pilate. And <laughs> the way that it's staged in the film is that it's like, it's a lot of stuff that it's like, it, it just makes me feel not good. Mm-hmm. Um, Because... The apparently the actor who they had playing uh, King Herod is Jewish, and so it's a lot of mm. like like actually Jewish, mm-hmm. and it's so it's it's playing up a lot of like stereotypes. Like apparently when Jesus is leaving, Herod throws a bagel at him, hmm. and like the let me see if I have my screenshots. Like the people in the the people in King Herod's like retinue it's a lot of like people in garishly colored clothing and like lots of lots of skimpy clothing bright colored Mm -hmm. makeup there is a black ensemble member playing the piano who turns to grin to the camera (laughs) um it's just it's very like what's what's the word for it's very dehumanizing Especially to mm. the non-white people involved in this ensemble. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
I can see that. And yeah, and then they just go back. Um, so how did how did that sequence go in the stage show? Did it go in the stage uh, show? Yeah. Yeah, so in the stage show, um, Herod is... It's definitely, like, a weird tone shift. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Where... So Herod has this these ensemble members who are... Um, mm-hmm. They're not very scantily clad. They're just um, women um, wearing, like, leggings and a blazer and then, like, a sequined top. Okay. That's sh- very shiny and, like, big sunglasses. And they're all, mm-hmm. like, uh, around him in this swivel chair. Um, where he's, you know, ta- kind of taunting Jesus, goes through the whole song. Mm-hmm. Um, it turns out, I don't, I'm not sure what this decision was, but, um, so Herod is actually, is sitting in the swivel chair on top, like, in the lap of a, um, like, uh, somebody in drag, who's, like, kind of, like, feeling him up, like, his, like, <sighs> thighs and, and, like, his, um, chest. Um, <sighs> And he's wearing these, like, very short shorts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very odd. I Yeah. It's a very weird tone shift. But, um, and so he's got all these ensemble members that are wearing, like, these black blazers and these, like, big sunglasses doing a very, I don't know if I would call it effeminate, but, like, just mm-hmm. kind of theatrical performance. Mm-hmm. Um, Overblown. I do remember... Yes. I do remember the John Legend version of how they handled this, and I thought it was really interesting mm-hmm. and definitely better than I think either of the ones we watched. Mm-hmm. Probably, yes. Where, so, so uh, in the John Legend version, mm-hmm. um, Herod, um, as they lean really heavily into like the modernization, Herod is the um, over-the-top charismatic mm-hmm. uh, host of like a talk show interesting. Um, okay. that they have Jesus on. So it's very much like he, I think like the sequin top and he's like all in gold, if I'm remembering correctly, and a lot of like backup dancers, Mm -hmm. you know, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot of similar vibes, but like they definitely frame it in a different way Mm -hmm. um, where Herod is trying to have like the scoop about Jesus and like get Mm -hmm. him to, you know, confess to, Mm -hmm. you know, being king of the Jews. Yeah. Um, And, uh. Jesus is not being a very good uh, interviewer or interviewee mm-hmm. um, and eventually gets sent back to uh, Pontius Pilate. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, I, I think maybe this scene is probably one that's like difficult to like figure out. Cause I don't think that there's, I, I have no idea what like the actual stage direction mm-hmm. is. Um, I, if I had to guess, I would say that, I would say that it's probably something along the lines of, like, the King Herod number is musically so different from the rest of the show that they they use it as an opportunity to, like, hey, let's take one aspect of this production and over-inflate it to the point of comedy. And mm-hmm. I actually saw something interesting, which is that King Herod's song... The melody was originally written for something completely different, and Andrew Lloyd Webber just recycled a melody from something else, which is why it sounds so different musically from the rest of the piece. Mm-hmm. Mm, because it because it was not created cohesively with the other songs in this show. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> come on, come on, Andy Dubs, write something new for once in your life. <laughs> Don't write any more Phantom of the Opera sequels, please. <laughs> um, 
in the film, the next musical number is Could We Start Again, Please, which is a kind of, like, duet between, like, Mary and Peter. They both get, like, solos, um, basically where they ask Jesus, like, could we please go back to an earlier time, like, for Mary and Jesus? Like, could we go back to, like, before, like, when you were more so just a just a man instead of man and god i think Mm -hmm. and for peter like can like can we go back to before things started to actually break bad with in between Mm -hmm. us excuse me between us and the government right and my note here is jesus please say psych (laughs) um and in this musical number, which is kind of in like the magic, the magical duet mind space um, that Tanner mm-hmm. and I have pioneered on our Glee recap show, um, <laughs> because Jesus is there while they are singing to him, and then he just kind of disappears as he turns and walks away from them. And then back in reality, mm-hmm. um, Jesus uh, is returned to Pilate. Um, and Judas sees this happen through kind of like a skylight. He then mm-hmm. runs to the council of the high priests, um, where he, Judas, ex- expresses remorse to the, to the council of priests. Um, you know, mm-hmm. like saying like, I didn't think that this would happen. I don't actually want Jesus to be dead. I just don't want all of us to die. And, mm-hmm. uh, Caiaphas and his subordinate, they tell him that you will always be remembered for this, you know, but not in the way that you mm-hmm. think the monkey's paw curls. Um, right. Judas then prays to Jesus, um, like, for forgiveness, because everything that he did was for God's will. Um, and this is the point mm-hmm. at which uh, Judas realizes that he is, that he was in fact going to be guilty of an innocent person's death. Um, he hurls the silver back at the, uh, at the high priests. Um, notable because I think in different versions of the gospel, there's a part where there's at least one version where they find, like, the blood money afterward and they do donate it to, like, either to the poor or to set up, like, a cemetery for, like, Mm. for unhoused people, that kind of a thing. Mm. Mm -hmm. Um, this is the part where Judas like collapses on his hands and knees and he has a few bars of, I don't know how to love him. And mm-hmm. essentially that's also Judas wondering like, does God even love me at this point? Right. Um, and in case I didn't mention, uh, this musical number is Ju- called Judas's death. <laughs> um, <laughs> because he, yeah. he then stumbles out of the temple and there's a brief reprise of heaven on their minds because, like, at the beginning, he started off with, like, my mind is clearer now. But mm-hmm. Judas now is singing, like, like my mind is in darkness. Like, everything is terrible now. And he just kind of, at this point in the film, just kind of, like, careens into the wasteland. And, mm-hmm. like, demands of God answers for why he chose Judas for, quote, your foul, bloody crime. And, uh... Mm. Judas then sees a tree in the wasteland, and remember that money bag? Well, he uses his rope belt to hang himself as Judas sings, You have murdered me. And again, I I legitimately got queasy, and I had to cover Mm -hmm. the screen when this was happening, because 
a black mm-hmm. a, a black man hanging himself does not look good in 2021. I mean, it's never really? good, but especially not now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as as Judas dies in the film, the choral repri- like the cho- like the chorus, the heavenly chorus comes back going good old Judas, poor old Judas. Mm-hmm. And my note here is I'm really hoping the actor was on a harness for that shot. <laughs> or <laughs> that it was like a dummy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, I remember Yeah, how did this go in the version really... that you saw? Cuz this is a very big scene. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Honestly, I feel like this version didn't and like maybe it's just my attention span or something, but like I feel like this version didn't give it as much time to breathe as it should have had. Mm-hmm. Like it moves pretty quickly from like Judas uh like uh content warning hand hanging himself mm-hmm. and um to right into the next scene. Like I I would have liked that moment to breathe a little bit more. Mm-hmm. Um mm-hmm. to an almost like to an almost awkward degree. Like I feel like it deserves that. Yeah. Um but yeah, so um in the whole like lead up to that where Judas goes to um the the priests and um is, you know, uh talking to them about how he regrets what he did, mm-hmm. he's holding a noose the entire time. Oh no. Um, yeah. Um definitely less like um just terrible undertones because he's played by a white man or an Italian man. Mm-hmm. Um and so less like viscerally uncomfortable, but it's still very difficult to watch. Um, yeah, and it goes the same for the John Legend version. I remember that being really difficult to watch too. Mm-hmm. Just you know, you know the fate of Judas going into it, but you know, mm-hmm. it's 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 a it's not an easy thing scene. to watch. <laughs> no, no. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. They I don't know. I feel like they didn't really let it breathe very much mm-hmm. um and I just move right into uh the Pontius Pilate trial once again yeah um for this is a, this is the third and final trial uh because it's it because it's a Christian thing so it's got to be rule of three <laughs> <laughs> um in the trial uh present are Caiaphas his subordinate uh Annas I think is how you pronounce the name uh Herod is there uh, and Pilate is also there. Um, mm-hmm. Caiaphas petitions Pilate for Jesus to be crucified. And, hey, here's a callback for you. Um, a, in the film, an angry crowd filters into the amphitheater where they're having this trial. Um, mm-hmm. a Pilate then asks Jesus where his kingdom is. Jesus does not say anything. Uh, mm-hmm. And... They have some dialogue at some point about how Jesus is seeking the truth and Pilate asks him, like, what is truth? Like, if you are mm-hmm. if you are here specifically for the truth, then what is truth to you? That kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And Jesus mm-hmm. doesn't play ball with this. So uh, Pilate has him flogged 39 times. Um, yep. Herod, uh, in the film, while this happens... Uh, they do count out every single one of the lashes, even if they don't show them all. Um, mm-hmm. her- it's it's kind of handled in an okay way, I guess, as for as much as like torture can be, um, because sure. some of the like Herod starts out the the flogging, you know, like laughing and like jokingly counting along, 
Pilot is Pilot is uncomfy during the whole thing. Um, Pilot's wife is just looking more and more concerned. Um, and the crowd keeps getting bloodthirstier and bloodthirstier. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Mary Magdalene is present in the crowd during the film. Um, she gets upset and the disciples drag her out. Um, mm-hmm. And after it's over, like Jesus is allowed to collapse to the ground. And in the film, Pilate kind of, like, picks him up and, like, caresses him and- not, like, caresses him, but, like, holds him, like, tenderly, sympathetically, mm-hmm. you know? Um, yeah. And tries to appeal to Jesus' sense of self-preservation, which, that's not there, Pilate. Good luck. <laughs> um, and Jesus says something to the effect of, like, all the power that you have does not come from you. Everything is fixed and you cannot change it. And Pilate, like, lets Jesus, like, fall to the ground. At which point, Pilate realizes that he does, in fact, have Jesus' blood on his hands. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> uh, he got some of that squib on him. <laughs> like, the blood squibs mm-hmm. that they use in theater. <laughs> and after the flogging, uh, the crowd surges forward, and Pilate, like, washes his hands, like, you know, inofficially, like, the I wash my hands of you thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Pilate's line here is, die if you want to, you innocent puppet. <laughs> <laughs> which is like it's a very metal line it is um, yeah but it's uh it, it's an interesting decision to try and make pilot a sympathetic character it is yeah i don't think it's necessarily a I think- bad choice but mm-hmm. it's interesting yeah i mean it's i don't think it's completely unbased on anything either because mm-hmm. i feel like in the in the like in the Bible, Bible canon, yeah. he, um, you know, he is confused about like why all of the like people want him killed so much. They're like, he's obviously innocent. He hasn't done anything wrong. Mm-hmm. Why are you guys so bloodthirsty? I don't understand it. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. I, um, if anything, I think he is here portrayed as like more, more emotional and less maybe strong willed than in the Bible, mm-hmm. because I feel like yeah. in the Bible. Where, you know, they have the time and the space to do more of this exploration. They do mm-hmm. more of, like, exploring Pilate as the conflicted person who tries to argue his way out of executing Jesus. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah. Uh, any notes on that before we go into Superstar? Uh, just wanted to say that uh, in this version on the stage, um, they do show every single, like, uh, flogging but it is in so they have like these cast members that are like almost dressed like executioners like they have like the black hood covering their whole face mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um come up and like smack him in like the back or in the chest mm-hmm. um for every lash to um symbolize that yeah so there's no actual blood mm-hmm. uh that is used at all like not it's not on their the people who are slapping him's hands or anything like that okay okay I think I remember mm-hmm. in the John Legend version, it was done very, like, modern dance-y. Like, that sounds familiar. Like, I don't remember like, it too well. Like, the people would do, like, an artistic jump across the- uh, like, from behind Jesus, and John Legend would, like, rock forward or something. <laughs> right. Um, ready for the second to la- the, the second to last musical number- yeah, let's do it. And this is the one that to me felt honestly even more out of place than Herod. 
than like Herod's song did. Mm-hmm. Because in this in the film, it goes from Jesus being flogged and sentenced to death by Pilate. And mm-hmm. then Jesus was like standing and then he turns to face the camera and then it fades into a shot of him going from like bloody and whipped with torn clothing to like literally immaculately groomed. And he's in like a pure white chiton and stuff and his hands mm-hmm. are out and it kind of zooms out and he's on like an empty stage. And then huh. like it cuts to kind of like a balcony overlooking where Jesus is standing and then Judas rides in, like, hanging on to the bottom of, like, a crucifix made out of light. And he's in this, like, mm-hmm. he's in a, a, a white fringe outfit from the 70s. It's a very <laughs> 70s musical number. Wow. And the whole, the whole musical number essentially amounts to, like, Jesus, why, like, Jesus, God, why did you do the things that you did at the point in time in which mm-hmm. you did them? Because, like, if you were to do it, in the modern day, then we would have access to mass communication and you could reach more people faster. And like, like, don't like, don't get me wrong. I'm not questioning you. I just want to know why that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. And it's basically yeah, just yeah. like all it's the trope that I'm thinking of is big lift alligator moment where it's mm. something that just does not really fit with the events preceding it, surrounding it, or sure. in the film during it. Because it's intercut mm-hmm. with Jesus in his in his biblical attire, carrying the cross to Calvary, along with an armed guard, and like you know, like, oh, Jesus falls for the first time. Jesus Christ, superstar. <laughs> Jesus falls for the second time. That they say you are. <laughs> Jesus's face is wiped. Yeah, tell me, tell me. <laughs> and it was the most yeah. Andrew Lloyd Webber thing so far in Jesus Christ Superstar. <laughs> and yeah, and go for it. I I want to hear how it how it goes in the other shows before we cover the crucifixion, which is strange in yeah the, in the film. <laughs> Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Well, okay, so Judas comes out and he is um, now wearing this black suit with this like um, red sequin tie and um, bright red shoes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he comes out with other chorus members that are wearing all white and they also have like a matching tie. Okay, okay. Um, and Jesus is still like on the ground, obviously like in pain and um, hurt from like the flogging. Like there's no cut from that scene. It's straight from that into this. Mm-hmm. And then Judas leads Jesus around as he sings, um, bringing him towards like the disciples who are on either side of the stage and then pulling him back before they can get there. And, you know, just asking him why he did what he did. Yeah. Um, and so it's much less jarring, I think, in this. And I think it fits the tone of the musical itself a lot better in this version okay it sounds like okay like it is like it's a hard tonal shift for sure like from seeing a man get flogged to this rock opera disco um, outfit you know yes yeah 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 absolutely um Mm -hmm. but uh yeah i don't feel like it's super out of place in this version at all Mm -hmm. i'm glad to hear that i'm glad to hear there's a version Mm -hmm. where it's not it's not just like switching between between blood and sweat and tears and saving of the world by your death and yeah 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the way that the film handles the crucifixion is like as soon as they actually get to the point where Jesus is being crucified and nailed to the cross, the music just dead stops. Like mm. there, the superstar just ends completely, and there's a point at which he is nailed to the cross, and it is like you know stood upright in the ground and stuff. Um, and mm-hmm. Jesus sees Mary Magdalene on the ground who is like falling over and crying and stuff. And it's implied mm-hmm. then that Jesus hears like increasingly high pitched laughter. And he <clears throat> says, Father, forgive them. They know not, they know not what they're doing. Um, and then there's like frantic piano chords as a guard nails the INRI description uh, to the top of the cross. And then Jesus has the part where he says, my God, my God, why have you forgotten me? Um, Mm -hmm. He sees Mary Magdalene watching him as he's dying. And then he says, Father, into your hands, I commend my spirit. And as he says that, like, the ethereal chorus comes back. But it's also kind of undercut by discordant, like, music. It's just a very, Mm -hmm. it's a very odd thing, like, audially. Mm -hmm. Sure. And then when Jesus actually dies, like, the entire, like, all of the audio cuts out. There is no, there's nothing spoken. There are no sound effects. There is no scoring. There is nothing as Jesus dies. And then it, like, I don't remember if it fades out or if it, like, cuts to black. Um, Because in the film, the next, like, the next shot is, like, everyone leaving uh, Golgotha um, or Calvary. Mm -hmm. I don't remember which, I don't remember what the difference is between them. Um, but, like, it's the guards filter out and Mary Magdalene and the disciples filter out. But then it cuts to the actors, like, the actual actors from the beginning of the show, the people who were working on this movie, getting on the bus. Mm-hmm. And as they get on, um, Pilate's actor, Mary Magdalene's actor, and Judas's actor all kind of, like, turn around and look in the, like, look off to see in the background. Like, oh, where is he? I guess. And then it ends with like some kind of like light instrumental music um, against a shot mm-hmm. of the cross against a setting sun. Um, as apparently just like a random shepherd walked into their shot and they left it. <laughs> <laughs> and the musical cue at the end is apparently titled John 319 or Don, John hmm. 1941. And I have that verse pulled up here. Um, sure. The... Uh, how far down did it go? Um, the New International Version translation of John nineteen forty one is, At the place where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid. So there's that. But because when I was looking it up, mm-hmm. I mistyped it, I found a different one, a verse, a different verse instead which is not from when Jesus was crucified, but I think it's more fitting, which is John fourteen nineteen, which is mm. before, uh, which is before long, the world will not see me anymore, but you will see me because I live. You also will live. Because mm. mm-hmm. like they don't specifically show the resurrection happening in Jesus Christ Superstar. Right. Like it's literally the shot of the cross silhouetted against the setting sun 
And then it goes straight to the credits, and the credits are silent, and the credits just roll through. <laughs> There's nothing else. <laughs> wow. And they don't show the resurrection, which I think was apparently a choice on the part of the creators to let you, like, you get to decide whether Jesus came back to life or not at the end. Mm. Which is like... Yeah, I guess that... Yeah. It's a decision... <laughs> it's a secular decision, certainly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, how did the how did the stage musical wrap up? Just out of curiosity. Yeah, it's definitely the um, John Legend version is intensely powerful and mm-hmm. just intense in general. Um, yeah, this version is definitely not. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, the they, you know, use a bar of this existing scaffolding to, um, mm-hmm. you know, they put it somewhere else and that creates the cross. Uh, and they tie them up there and everybody is, you know, sad and the music is there. And But as he dies, it slowly peters out until it's silent mm-hmm. when he dies. Mm-hmm. And it, it hangs on that for a while. Yeah. Um, all It was purple the lights were all like purple um and then when he dies it turns very stark white okay it's no color it's just one spotlight on jesus um lighting him up with these very harsh shadows like obscuring his face and showing all of the like you know contours of his muscles and everything Mm -hmm. um as the disciples get him down from the cross and mary magdalene uh, holds him in that like classic like the pieta, uh, pieta. pose yeah yep mm-hmm. pose mm-hmm. um and uh it ends uh with them hugging on the stage and her sobbing you know over his body mm-hmm. with a, some very light like flute music mm-hmm. and then does it just go straight to and the curtain call <laughs> Um, yeah, it just fades out on that. Okay. And the music goes off and then fades. And then it's like pretty much a reprise of Jesus Christ Superstar as the rest, mm-hmm. as, as the whole cast comes out and yeah. uh, bows. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have, I have a couple of points to make. And sure. we can touch on these as quickly as you want to, because we have been recording for a very long time. <laughs> and it is not going to be quite yeah. that long in editing because the power of editing. Um, mm-hmm. But I am curious as to what you think that Jesus Christ Superstar says about free will. About free will. And this, free will in and of itself is something that we could dedicate probably several episodes to, but just like off the cuff, <laughs> what do you think? <sighs> yeah, I feel like... Hmm. I feel like it has a heavy message of, like, like, I feel like by the end of it, you know, like, you go into the musical and knowing the the story of um, Jesus being crucified, Mm -hmm. you know that, like, the way that the Bible teaches it is that this was prophesied. It had to happen. Mm -hmm. And if it hadn't happened, then, you know, nobody on earth could have been saved and it would have been like mm-hmm. a hard life for people on earth, you know? Um, mm-hmm. uh, so yeah, I feel like 
you know, you go into it knowing that Jesus had to do that, but I feel like they really go into Jesus coming to terms with that Mm -hmm. and choosing that, you know, Mm -hmm. as his destiny. Like, I really, you know, at least in this story, I believe, like, if Jesus didn't want to be crucified, I don't think that he would have been, you know? Like, he had every opportunity. Like, Mm -hmm. Pontius Pilate begged him to do anything to stop getting Mm-hmm. killed mm-hmm. um and he just didn't mm-hmm. you know he mm-hmm. was he knew that that's what he had to do and he had the free will to choose to do that you know yeah. that's a good point what about you i think for me it's it, it's it's a it's definitely something that like i feel like would be best best discussed in the future on a night that's not a work night when we could be recording this with like a glass of our favorite nighttime <laughs> beverage in hand to like roommate it sure, on this, sure, sure. like we're philosophy, like we are philosophy professors wearing tweed, that kind of a thing. <laughs> because mm-hmm. I, I feel like, especially because maybe this was made by Andrew Lloyd Webber and Tim Wright. I don't know if either of them are necessarily religious in any capacity. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I, I feel like it's very much so like a pessimistic take, like take on the nature of free will versus predestination because it's like, sure. If everything is predestined, if Judas was always destined, uh, destined to like be, if Judas was always destined to betray Jesus, then why try to do anything else? But then also why be guilty? Why why feel guilty for doing something which is God's plan? But then why would God mm-hmm. ask you to do something as as immoral and inherently evil as, hey, I want you to kill me. <laughs> or I want mm-hmm. you to be responsible mm-hmm. for my death. And yeah, sure. then that also brings into question, you know, the whole notion of like like how much does God care if he would cause Judas to commit suicide, which at least in the Catholic Church is a mortal sin? And, mm-hmm. like, why would he cause Judas to do this and then put all the blame on Judas when really he was just doing God's will, which was that Jesus would die in, right. at the hands of Pilate and the Romans and by Judas's fault by extension and circumstance to inspire the Christians? Like, it, it gets into the mm-hmm. whole question of, like, why does God make bad things happen? Mm-hmm. And... yeah. And then we get into the whole thing about omnipresence, which is definitely not something that I'm qualified to talk about. <laughs> um, but I, I think Sorry. it's, I think it's definitely like, it's something to talk about in the future. You know? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the other point that I had, which was, if anyone listening to this is ever going to be mounting a production of Jesus Christ Superstar, please. I pray, I pray that you will look at it and portray it with more, with more sensitivity than they did when they were making mm-hmm. it in 1973. Have, yeah. have, um, have consultants on hand when you are casting and framing, have sensitivity, um, uh, uh represent have like diversity consultants on hand when you are setting it up because it is especially nowadays when we are when it is so much more conscious and people are much more conscious of it it, there is no excuse there there is no excuse to have a black man be hanging himself right in in any capacity like there it's just not 
So don't do it, please. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely. So I guess the, the wrap-up question then, Emma, is would you recommend this to people as a source of, as like a source of faith and religion in media? Honestly, yeah, I would. I I got a lot out of this story. And I think, you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I would, you know, I wouldn't preach on it maybe, but like, I think it, it evokes a lot of really interesting ideas about, you know, the passion and about Jesus as a person and, and what he was going through at those times. And I think that it's a really important perspective too. If you watch the John legend version, which I highly Mm -hmm. recommend. Oh Um, yeah. Yeah. Um, then, you know, it also has something to say about like, like modern day politics and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. And it really like Mm -hmm. makes a statement. And I think that that is certainly worth like looking at and, and analyzing for yourself for sure. Oh yeah, definitely. Definitely. I think I would also recommend it um, with the caveat that please do research before you watch it into which version you're going to be watching. Because something we didn't even talk about is that I think there was a ver- there's a movie version made of it also in 2000, mm-hmm. which is apparently the one that Andrew Lloyd Webber prefers out of the two adaptations. Um but I would encourage you to do research into like how things are presented. Like I don't know if mm-hmm. I would recommend watching the 1973 version to anyone. But in comparison, yeah. <laughs> the uh version with um the version with John Legend was a good representation of this piece of media. Like if you are someone depending on when you're listening to this, hopefully in like a year and a half from now, if someone is putting on a production of it and you are interested in attending it, might be worth checking out to watch it live. But just don't watch the 1973 version, please. Don't do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I guess that's it. Faithful is a part of the Corner Podcast Network. We can be heard uh, through Acast and on your local podcasting platform of choice. We can also be reached uh, on Twitter, which is at Faithful2LsPods with an S, or you can email us at Faithful2LsPodNoS at gmail.com. And I'm really interested in hearing what y'all have to say about this episode. What are your thoughts on Jesus Christ Superstar and the different versions of it? Do you have a favorite? Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on free will and predestination? <laughs> um... If you're interested in talking about those in a less social media slash public environment, we also have a Discord server with the other Corner Podcast Network shows. Uh, Mm -hmm. And if you're interested in joining the Discord server, uh, message one of the show Twitters and we can get you an invite to the server. Um, Our theme song is Start of Something Beautiful, courtesy of Ketza. So, uh, until next time... Keep the faith!
everybody. <laughs> I was going to say, oh, I'm good to go whenever you are, but you already going for it, so please don't okay, let me yeah, stop yeah, you. Yeah. I'm on it.